What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode, and thanks for staying on side with us. I'm your host, Isaac Ming, and joining me, as he does every single episode, is my co-host and your in-game voice of the Vancouver Giants, Cam Miller. Cam, how's it going, man? Not too bad, not too bad. How about yourself? Oh, uh, you know, just typical, typical Thursday. Uh, today, we're recording on a Thursday because I lost the audio to our last uh, podcast, so that's all on me. And we're going to have to re-talk about some of the things that we uh, went on about in the last episode. But there has been some new, uh, some new stories that have uh, popped up in, in recent. But first, uh, we're going to get into kind of about ourselves in this first little, little, little part of the episode. Uh, we wanted to get into this in the first episode. But since Bo got traded that first, uh, that first episode, that we just thought we'd dedicate the whole thing to him. But... Uh, I'll kind of let you go off the top first, Cam. Uh, if you want to tell us just a little bit about yourself and your upbringing in hockey and all that kind of stuff. For sure. Um, like you mentioned, this first episode, we were planning on doing this, but we focused more on the Bohorvat trade. Uh, but just getting into us a little bit to start this episode off. Uh, me, personally, uh, I'm super excited to start this podcast. I've been wanting to do a podcast for the last couple of years just out of um heated debates with friends and stuff i i think we have really good conversation and it translates well to a podcast i think and also my love for sports so i'll get into that for a bit um i grew up playing hockey i've been playing hockey since i was five years old it's a huge part of my life um like i said i played every winter growing up and obviously some spring hockey in there too uh i'm also a goalie so i made the transition to be a goalie when i was about eight years old nine years old around there and i've been a goalie ever since so um i think that's something i can bring to the podcast too is a little bit of a different perspective um than some of the the typical player perspective so if you see or hear any goalie bias from me that's where that comes from um um, and then, yeah, now today, um, I'm a huge Canucks fan because we are based in Vancouver. Um, the Canucks were also a huge part of my life growing up. Um, I grew up watching the Sedins, Burroughs, Kessler, Bieksa, and then now into this era with Pedersen, Hughes, sadly, uh, Horvat's gone. But Pedersen, Hughes, Demko, that's kind of our core. So the Canucks have been a big part of my life. Um, another part of another reason why I wanted to start this podcast um, was because um, I feel like we can use our connections pretty well to try to get some interesting people out on the podcast. Isaac and I both work for the Vancouver Giants, um, so that's just another relationship we have with hockey. Um, we both work for the Giants and work in the field of hockey, so. Isaac, I'll uh, pass it over to you. I played hockey growing up, obviously. I started when I was nine years old. Uh, I actually didn't like hockey 
at the start and then I got thrown out on into gear onto the ice and I've loved it ever since. I didn't start really watching like NHL hockey until it's kind of in grade nine. So, uh, but yeah, I just uh, working working for the Giants. I met that's how I met Cam. Uh, I only we've only known each other for what two years now, not even. And yeah, about a year and a half. And I remember I brought it up to him. I was like, "Have you ever thought about wanting to start a podcast?" Because I've wanted to for a long time, but just not wanting to do it by myself. And a lot of my friends didn't really i didn't really like <laughs> i didn't really like their opinions i guess but they didn't know hockey as much as like as me i guess that kind of sounds cocky that makes me sound like i'm putting myself on a pedestal but no and well i don't I, love all of your opinions either I think, so. <laughs> no i met cam and i thought that me and cam had great great conversations so i kind of brought it up to him and he even said the same thing he's like i've wanted to for a while and then it took us quite a while to even just get started because we live a little bit far away from each other, but we ended up just starting doing it online. So um, that's kind of start of the podcast. But yeah, I just played forward growing up and was never really that great at hockey. So um, I thought that, you know, I might as well kind of just get into the, the other side of hockey. So I work for the Giants, I do other things for work, but we won't get into that. And yeah, so we'll get into the episode. Felt like that trailed on a little bit, but uh, off the top, we kind of wanted to get into the, some of the stuff that's happened in the in the week leading up from the last show. Um, so in the NHL, we actually have a few signings that happened. Uh, obviously, Bo Horvat signed his his massive deal. That personally, I'm glad we didn't sign. Uh, I'll ask you about your your opinion in a second, but it was eight and a half million over eight years. A little bit more than what JT got, which that's another conversation. But what are your thoughts on Bo's contract that he just got from the Islanders? Well, I kind of have to agree with you and also Lou Lamorello. Uh, too long and too much money. Um, eight years by eight and a half for a player that realistically is going to give you 20 goals 40 assists, 60 points, which is all right. But for a 27-year-old that is coming off a career year, I think $8.5 million is going to look like a bit of an overpay if he can't keep producing at this level, which I don't think he's going to be able to. Yeah, he'll go back um, down to... He'll come back down to earth at some point. Yeah, and obviously Horvat brings uh, value in other aspects of the game, like face-offs, and he's a really good power play guy. A good net front guy so whether you play him in the bumper or net front he's gonna tip a lot of pucks he's got a good one-timer out of the bumper spot so he brings he does bring a lot of value i just don't think eight and a half million is the right amount for him i always think he was gonna get eight years um he's at the age where he's not gonna accept anything less really than eight years so but i think eight and a half millions an overpay i would have if the Canucks were to re-sign him, I would have been happy giving him seven and a half. So essentially, yeah. I think he's a million dollar overpay. Yeah, that's kind of where I was looking. I was, didn't really want to give him any more than seven at the beginning of this year, but he's he's outscored his previous contract, obviously. So, um, yeah, yeah, no, I'm I'm just I'm happy for the guy. He's at the, like you said, he's at the age where he's about to cash in on the rest of his career. So. 
I'm just glad that he went somewhere like New York where I can actually kind of cheer for him. Maybe not this year yeah. or next year because I want that pick to be high. But um, yeah, I, I, I don't, I've, never, I've never had a problem with the Islanders. I'm glad it wasn't like Boston or something like that or Toronto where he went. And I would have to not cheer for him. But, but yeah, I'm, I'm happy with uh, how everything's kind of gone on. I like our return. And I'm happy that we got something for it because we would have just let him walk, I bet. Exactly, and some some other things going on in the, in the NHL uh, in these last couple of days. Uh, let's get into the the contract, the other contracts that were signed: Dylan Strom and Dylan Cousins, or Ryan Strom. No, I know you're right, Dylan Strom. Uh, oh, Dylan, Dylan Strom, I thought so. Dylan yeah, Strom D- and Dylan Cousins. Dylan, yeah, the Dylans. Uh, Dylan Strom <laughs> signed a five by five with the Washington Capitals. Uh, just off the top, uh, I haven't. I didn't even know Dylan Strome was in Washington, to be honest with you. Uh, I haven't heard about him in, since he was in Chicago, which was last season. But I didn't think he was really worth a 5x5, five five, just, just knowledge off the top. Like He's had one good season, or maybe two. He had a 22-goal season last year, but I just, I don't know. Maybe a lot of, it, a lot of his production has come from playing with Ovechkin, but... I don't want to get too deep into Dylan Strom. Uh, I don't know too much about him. What do you want to say about him? If you have any any thoughts on this? Not much. I mean, he was the former third overall pick by the Coyotes. Um, he never really did much there. He only played like 40, 48 total NHL games for the Coyotes before he was traded to the Blackhawks, I'm guessing, where his first year there, he was really good. He was almost a point per game. He had 51 points in 58 games. And after that, he, he just kind of fell off a little bit. Um, last year, he had a decent year, 48 and 69. Uh, this year, he's got 36 and 52. Lots of them are assists. So, like you said, it could be a product of playing with Ovi. But I don't think 5v5 or 5x5 is that bad of a contract. Like, it's not an awful contract. But. But anyways, I don't think right? it's like an absolute stealer. It's a it's a market value contract, to be yeah. honest. It's I don't watch the Washington Capitals a lot, so if any of you guys are Capitals fans out there, um, let us know what you think because I don't watch a lot of Dylan Strom. Yeah, and even just going back to his draft, like going third overall, I I've always thought it was a weird that or it was weird that he went third overall because I just even at the time I felt like he was a product of McDavid, just playing on the same team as him, so. Yeah, that's all I'm really gonna say about Dylan Strom. Not a, yeah, not personally, not a huge fan of the contract because I wouldn't want to give that to him as a as a Canucks fan if he was here. But I'm sure Washington can afford it, and they need centers, I guess. It's weird that they have him playing with Ovechkin over Backstrom and Kuznetsov. Yeah, first line. But I guess if you think about it, if you're gonna be playing first line five by or if you're making five million dollars as a yeah. I don't think he's a first-line caliber player, but if he's going to be playing first-line there, that's a good contract for the Capitals then. Yeah, and we'll move on to the next Dylan. Uh, Dylan yeah. Cousins in Buffalo. Seventh overall in 2019. He's only played three seasons, and um, he's having a good year this year. He, uh, the contract is 7.1 over seven years, which uh, it's pretty crazy that these guys are getting this big of contracts. Even Matt Boldy a couple weeks ago um, got a, I think it was an 8 by 8 or something like that, but... Um. Yeah, me personally, I don't like handing out contracts to the young guys this early on in their career. Uh, back in the back in the day, it was just always you had to earn your contract. But 
uh, teams are taking bets on these guys now. So uh, if you want to touch on this real quick. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to oppose your opinion there. Um, I do like that these teams are taking risks on these guys. I think it's a high-risk, high-reward type of situation. Um, look what they've got Tage Thompson on, right? They bet on him after one good season, and he was able to reproduce it this season. So I think they're gonna they're doing the same with Dylan Cousins, right? He's almost a point per game this year. He can play center. He can play wing. Um and I think he's going to be a big part of the Sabres' future going forward. And that's what they're betting on, right? So they're, they're betting on him being a top six forward that can consistently produce and provide a little bit of grit too, right? You remember on that World Junior team, he was the, the workhorse from Whitehorse. Um, For that name. He was a bit of a... Yeah. He was a, he was a gritty player um, with lots of skill as well. And he was taken seventh overall. So I think they're just betting betting on their betting on themselves essentially betting on their scouting their drafting and their development team as well as Dylan Cousins and I like that as opposed to going out and signing some 28-year-old 29-year-old winger in free agency for the same price betting on your your young guys I think is a good move yeah but even just touching on buffalo as a whole like they're a wagon and they just like leapfrog the Canucks in development like so fast and kind of oh, make it makes me jealous. But like, I, I've always had a soft spot for Buffalo just because there are uh, there are expansion uh, siblings. But yeah, I, I don't know. I, I've always I've always wanted Darlene. I wanted him at the draft and we ended up getting Quinn. So that was all right with me, but I still would rather Darlene. Uh, yeah, I'd rather Dolly in too, but we'll, we'll, we won't get into that. No, yeah. But today, uh, moving on into into a trade that happened today, uh, Vladimir Tarasenko is now a New York Ranger. Um, yeah. Do you know exactly what the, it was for? It was for a first, a fourth, Sammy Blay, and a prospect? Yes. Um, oh, I'm forgetting his name, but he was a right-handed defenseman prospect. Um, but yeah, Sammy Blay, a fourth, a first, and once again, I'm forgetting his name, but I'm Something a thousand percent sure it was a it was a right hand defensive prospect. Um, so, just looking at this trade a bit, I think the winners are the Rangers. Hunter Skinner. Um, Hunter Skinner. That's it. Yeah, he's a right hand defensive prospect for the Rangers, and they. He was essentially always going to be a trade piece for them. Their right side is pretty shored up there with Brynn Schneider, Truba, and uh, and others. But moving into the trade, I think this is a win for the Rangers. Um, I believe they got Tarasenko at 50% retained as well. So the Blues retained 50% of his salary. And at the same time, they were able to shed Sammy Blaze, who's a $1.5 million cap hit. And he was essentially just playing like fourth line for them. And I don't think he even has a goal this year. So Pretty funny that he went back to St. Louis, eh? Yeah, it's revenge for the Buchnevich trade. That was such a bad trade. I've never <laughs> understood that trade. But let's not leave out that the Rangers also got defenseman Nico Mikula. I know nothing okay. about this guy. I'm not going to say I'm not going to get into him. But he was also a part of the... <laughs> Part of the package going to New York with Tarasenko. Okay, uh, yeah. But that will end that part of the show. 
Um, that's just what's happened in the last little bit. Actually, let's get into the NBA stuff. Uh, today, yeah, there's lots uh, been going on in the NBA. Yeah, today's Thursday. Today's the NBA uh, trade deadline. A couple days ago, we'll we'll get into this first. The Mavericks acquired Kyrie. Um, yeah. We don't really chronological f- order here. Yeah, we might as well. We don't really follow basketball and NBA too much. Like I've got my opinions on it. I I don't want to get into the NBA as a whole, but I think Dallas acquiring Kyrie is a weird move for them because I felt like they didn't need another ball-dominant guard because they already have Luka, obviously. But uh, Kyrie's also a bit of a problem in his own right. It, it was a big, not a big package. It was a decent package to give up for someone that they just could have used some a different position, I feel like. What do you think? Yeah, I agree with you. I think the number one need for the Mavs would have been a a big, whether it's a power forward or center, and they went out and got another point guard, which essentially, I think, forces Luka to either play the two or the three, which is not his natural, most comfortable position, and I don't think it's where he's going to thrive either. Um, I don't mind the trade for the Mavs. Again, I don't completely understand it. I do think they could have gotten gone out and gotten, maybe acquired uh, a big... And we've seen some other trades that have happened today and later on yesterday that involve some power forwards and centers. But I don't mind it for the Mavs, especially because they're showing Luka that they're willing to go make a big move to pair him up with another superstar. They're not just hanging him out to dry and being like, like you have to carry this team to the playoffs. They're at least, they're at least getting someone else to help them. And whether that necessarily fills a positional need for them, it, it doesn't. But I don't mind it. And worst case scenario, I think if Kyrie comes in and he does what he's essentially done on every other team, which is cause some problems, whether it's in the locker room or in the media, um, I think worst case scenario, they can trade him next year's deadline if he doesn't work out. And I'll kind of piggyback off of what your opinion was for, for a little bit ago was it just shows Luca that they're willing to do something. Because essentially, Luca was kind of playing by himself for the whole season. Like, obviously, they had Dinwiddie yeah. and all these like role players, right? But they didn't have another. Yeah. They didn't have an actual number two. So, I don't think this is gonna push them over the hump. I don't even know what Kyrie is. Kyrie on a one year? This is his last year in his contract. Like, I don't know what Kyrie's contract looks like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I. So it's a little bit of a weird trade for Dallas, but it, it, it it'll get them somewhere <laughs> i'll just put it like that I, I don't think it's the greatest trade but it is what it yeah. is um and then today another big trade or the big trade that happened at like 10 o'clock last night the phoenix yeah, suns kevin acquired durant. kevin durant um and that was a pretty big trade i'll have to quickly bring it up here it was uh, kevin, kevin durant, durant and tj warren going to phoenix and then the brooklyn nets acquire well, how was that? One, two, three, five first. Jay Crowder, Cam Johnson, and Mikhail Bridges. Yeah. Which is pretty big. It's a pretty big trade. That's huge. But um, similar to the other trade, I don't think there's really a winner and a loser. No. Um, it. I mean, obviously it depends what the Phoenix Suns do in the playoffs. But um, they're going all out. And they got their guy, Kevin Durant, without having to give up Aiton. Booker or CP3. So Which now is he comes honestly. in. 
That's crazy, yeah. But they did have to give up Bridges, who is a very solid I saw um, a lot, I saw a lot of people. Yeah, I saw a lot of people on Instagram really like bummed out that they had to give up Mikhail Bridges, but it's Durant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's Durant, yeah. You can't be and, too mad about that. They're going all out this year. Like they're going all out this year. Durant, he's an older guy with some um in with some injury history, but they're they're banking on having a super team going into the playoffs and just being able to outscore any team they face with Booker and Kevin Durant shooting the ball. So I think it's a pretty even trade. The Brooklyn Nets got a very solid defensive player in, in Mikhail Bridges. Um, I don't know too much about Cam Johnson or Jay Crowder. I know a little bit about Jay Crowder. He's like yeah, a he's like he's a veteran a, veteran. Yeah, he's player. an older guy. Yeah, but the the four unprotected, the unprotected is the keyword. Four unprotected first round picks: 2023, yep. 2025, 2027, and 2029. Those could be top tier picks because when Durant retires in a couple years, CP3 retires in a couple years, maybe I don't know if Booker or Aiton will still be there because in the NBA there's so much movement. But I think those picks are going to be good picks for the Nets in a couple years. Well, it's like, it's pretty crazy. They just threw away their whole future for just this potential run, right? Because I don't know what Durant's yeah. contract looks like, but it's he's 34. He's, he's not young. Yeah. And I, I actually didn't even know he was this old. I thought he might have just been 30. But um, basketball players do tend to kind of play a little bit longer, but I don't know. And it's like, do they have the money to re-sign Durant after this? Let's say, he, I don't want to look up contract right now, but... Let's say he's on a one-year. Are they going to resign him after? Because that's going to be a lot of money. I think this is a rental. I think yeah. this is a rental. And whether it's a this year rental or this year and next year rental, I think it's a rental. I don't think they resign him. I honestly think Durant retires after his go here with the Suns because of his injury history. Right? He's got knee problems right now. Yeah, he he's uh, he tore his Achilles in the playoffs a couple years ago versus the Raptors. Like he's got injury history, so I think he. It might hang him up after, not after this season, but whenever his tenure is up with the Suns, I think I think he's done. And what is this? His third super team? He was in Golden State. Yeah, third I guess super he, team. I, I guess you can call Brooklyn a super team with Griffin no, and Kyrie were, and Harden. They weren't very yeah, good. <laughs> they were supposed to be a super team. They were supposed yeah. to be a super team. Yeah, and then now so. this with this is a good team though. Chris Paul, uh, Devin Booker, and and uh, Aiton. Like yeah, it's I'd, a nice it's a nice team. It's a nice lineup. I think the only team that can give him a run is out of the West, the uh Warriors, depends if Curry does Curry things in the playoffs and uh they're gonna rely a lot on Wiggins, I think, too, as a secondary scorer. But I think Golden State can give him a run and the Celtics coming out of the East can give him a run for their money. So we'll see. Uh there was another trade with the Raptors here. Yeah, I saw um, that. Too. I'm just just pulling up. It's a bit of a weird trade, in my opinion. Um, they got Jacob Podol. Is that how you pronounce his name? Jacob Podol. And we gave up Cam Birch a first-round pick this... No, sorry. First-round pick next year, a 2023 second-round pick. So this year's second-round pick and a 2025 second-round pick. I don't really understand this trade for the Raptors. Um, we're, we're not doing too good. I'm a Raptors fan. I don't know about you. 
I'm not really a ra- I'm not really a team guy in the NBA. I'm more of just players, players guy. Okay. But. If I had to, if I had to pick a team, I'd pick the Raptors. So I'll refer to them as we. Uh, I don't really understand this trade for us because I thought we were gonna. I honestly thought we were gonna be sellers at the deadline. I thought we were gonna Same. try to give trade away Fred. Well, there was a lot of OG uh, talk as well. OG, yeah. So, which I'm surprised they would even consider getting rid of him. Guess we're trying to make a playoff push this year, which is a bit weird because I I cannot see them coming out of the East, especially if we finish as a low seed to exactly, play the yeah. Celtics or another like powerhouse team. We'll see though. Uh, he's Jacob Poto is like fairly young still. It's not like he's in his thirties. He's twenty seven years old. So even if it doesn't work out this year, um, he'll probably be with us for a while. And we didn't give up this year's first. We gave up next year's first, and it is protected uh, one through six, like picks one through six. So it's essentially a top five protected pick. So, yeah, I, I don't mind it as a Raptors fan, but I don't like it either. It's a bit weird. It was a weird trade when I first saw it because didn't they? Wasn't he already on the Raptors? Yeah, he he's been on the Raptors before. Yeah. So. They traded him away to bring in Kawhi Leonard back in 2018. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And then just one different trade that kind of happened, and there's a lot of pieces to it. I'm not going to get into all of them, but it was a three-team trade. Russ uh, Westbrook went to Utah. LA finally got yes. rid of that, rid of the player that they've been trying to get rid of for the last, felt like the last two seasons. Um, yeah. And then Mike Connolly went to Minnesota from Utah. And then from Minnesota was D'Lo. D'Angelo Russell went to Los Angeles. So, yeah. Um, Couple point guards switching teams there. I don't get it on the behalf of uh, Minnesota. I don't think Mike Conley's much of an upgrade over D'Lo, but may- maybe defensively. Uh, I know D'Lo hasn't really been playing very good this year. Um, and then Westbrook going to Utah. I know there's a first uh, attached to it as well, so maybe that's why Utah yes. just took it on. But twenty twenty seven first. Okay. It was it's a very weird uh, swap of point guards there. Los Angeles seems like they're trying to stock up on a on the playoff push right now because they also got Mo Bamba for Pat Bev. Yeah, I mean you have LeBron. You got to do it while you have LeBron. No, exactly. Like you might as well do it. But uh, is there anything more that you want to get in the NBA? Oh right. Uh... Just LeBron breaking the record. Yeah. Just LeBron breaking the record. Not I like mean, we. Deal, I mean, we but... can like we can qu- quickly talk about that. Uh, yeah. yeah. Le- LeBron broke the record for all-time points with thirty-eight thousand three hundred ninety. Uh, he passed Kareem yeah. Abdul-Jabbar, which is he's been holding it for what thirty some odd years. I don't know how many years, but yeah, I, a it was long like, time. It and was I'd... like thirty-two or something like that. But it's pretty crazy that it lasted that long and. If anyone was going to break it, it's LeBron. Did you see Kareem's reaction, though? He was choked. <laughs> he looked pretty choked. and He, he I mean, was mad. I, I don't know if I'd share that same, that same feeling. But, yeah, no. It, it, yeah. But the handoff with the basketball in, in the court was pretty, was pretty cool. The only that thing, was cool. The only thing I didn't really like about it is that they stopped the game for, apparently it was like 25, 30 minutes, for LeBron to give a speech in the middle of the game when he broke it. Um, I feel like that all could come at the end of the game, but uh, pass this one on to you. What do you think? Yeah, maybe a speech isn't necessarily required. Um, 
but I just think it's super cool that he broke it. I don't oh, think for sure. we and see we, that and again in our lifetime. We got to watch. Like, I watched okay. the game, so I thought that was a really cool moment for me to at least witness. I had a hockey game during it, so I didn't actually oh. get to watch it live. But And I broke my stick during my hockey game, so it was a double L. But Had to be. Um, <laughs> yeah, I didn't get to watch it live, but uh, I obviously I, I looked it up after I hopped on Instagram and saw what happened. And I just think it, it's a super cool moment. Do you think like he's the goat? I was We're gonna cool. ask you this if we wanted to get into it, but we can we can quickly touch on it before we get into hockey. It's so tough. I I like LeBron, and I think most of the people that say he's not the goat don't like him. Yeah, I would say. Oh, you really can't go wrong here. That's the thing. I would go with LeBron's the best player of all time. That's kind of how I look at it. I see it for me. The boat. For me, I think Jordan is still the best player only because of his accomplishments. I think Jordan's the best winner. So, Le- but does that make you the goat or the boat? I mean, like, greatest player of all time or best player of all time? I think there's a difference, in my opinion. I think LeBron's the best player of all time. I think like, single, he's the most single talented player, player of all time. He's the most talented because he can play. He really can play any position he wants. If yep. do you, like, I I didn't watch Michael live, but could <laughs> could Jordan play small forward and and power forward or maybe even center? I don't definitely know. not power forward or center. I'm sure yeah. if he like absolutely had to, he could play yeah. small forward. Oh, but for sure, like, he, was I, a, he was a he was a one or two. Yeah. And I feel like LeBron could play any position on the court, yeah, and 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 exceed and 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 do very well in it. So I think yeah. LeBron's the best player of all time, but I still want to put Jordan above him because what Jordan did is different. He left and then came what back. Le- and- what LeBron did is different too. Like the 2016 run against the Cat, or sorry, when he was on the Cavs against the war- that Warrior Super Team, like that's nuts. Down from three one with like no help. Against yeah, Jordan came Curry, out of retirement. KD. Brett Favre came out of retirement. Does that make him the best player of all time? No. No, but no. That's obviously <laughs> not what I'm saying. But and LeBron wasn't by LeBron but... wasn't by himself. True, but he had, he had Kyrie. Virtually, he was. He he. Okay, but they were not playing good. He carried that team. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I guess we can we can disagree on this one. We'll disagree. I think LeBron is better than Jordan. Yeah, and I'll I think let, I'll let all the Jordan gets fan a lot boys of, come and, and come and give you crap on this one. <laughs> I, I was gonna say, like people that say uh, LeBron's the goat get way more uh, what's the word like beat or like or lashback. They all get butthurt or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, from Jordan fans than people saying that Jordan's the goat. Like, if yeah. you say LeBron's the GOAT, be prepared for people to just, like, <laughs> yep. be irate with you. Because Jordan, Jordan you say, being the GOAT is the more common and uh, socially accepted answer, I guess, just because it's been like that for the longest time. I just, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I, I'll take any, any argument for either. It's true. It's the one sport, I think, where it's, like, 50-50. I also feel like I I don't have an opinion on it because I didn't actually get to watch Jordan. So, That's also true. So I don't I don't want to speak. Up. Yeah. So moving on, let's move on to our actual topics. This was just the beginning. Of- 
one is a pretty long beginning, but we'll get into it. So Pedersen yeah. was on 32 Thoughts with Elliot Freeman and Jeff Merrick uh, during the All-Star weekend. Uh, that's, a, that's a topic we'll get into in a little bit, but Pedersen had some comments on Miller. Yes. He said, there's a, or Elliot asked him, there's a lots of rumors about your relationship with JT Miller. Is it good or bad or what? This is Pete's response. It's good. Um, I mean, we've had our differences maybe in some games, but he's a teammate that I respect, and he's someone that I like to play hockey with. There's a lot of speculation, obviously, but he's a teammate that I respect. What do you take out of that? Because it, it's, a weird, it's a weird quote taken out of context. You obviously have to watch the actual video and see how he says it, but I think him saying he's a teammate of respect is a little bit of a, it's a weird way to say that. Didn't he call him a hothead too? He also like, calls him I a understand. hothead. I was about to get into yeah. that. Okay. Uh, the next quote is, he's a skillful player, but he's, I don't know if emotional is the right word. He wants to win so bad, sometimes he maybe gets too hot-headed, if that's the right word. Hot-headed, okay. Yeah. Um, hot-headed is the right word, I think, or like passionate. Uh, I think Pedersen could have come up with a better word there. Passionate or um, something along those lines instead of hot-headed, because that can be taken the wrong way a lot, especially by our media here, who yeah. already seem to not like Miller. Um... My takeaways from that is he's really hesitant to talk about that situation. I just think from the whole interview, he's hesitant to really like share his true opinion and talk about it. I don't but, blame him. Yeah, you don't talk about your teammates in the media, so it's an like, odd, what's, it's, what's he expected to say? Yeah, well, it's, it's even a weird thing to ask him that. Yeah, like, what's your relationship with Miller like? like There's only one right answer. That it's, awful yeah you're not gonna say like oh i don't like playing with this guy so um it's it's hard to gather what is truly going on i don't think there's tension there in my opinion like if there was tension i think we'd see it in the games obviously we see miller get upset sometimes but i mean who wouldn't be playing on the canucks right now like yeah we're I, kind of a crap show right now me. yeah so I just- I just I d- don't. Th- I don't think, think there's tension there. I don't think like I saw on Twitter that everyone's getting everyone took this hot-headed quote and ran with it, and they're trying to like say like, oh, there's a, there's a feud between Miller and Petey, but I don't think Petey really meant it as in like because he's he's not English isn't his first language, so I don't think he really understands what we take the word hot or like the phrase hot-headed means. I think he just meant it as the literal like. Like you said, he's hot-headed. He's just passionate about the game. I don't yeah, think he really I mean. meant... I think he, he misused I, the word. Yeah, that, exactly. I don't think he really understands what we take the word as, but I don't, I, I don't know. I'm, sh- I'm, sure, I'm sure they're fine, but if, if you really... If, I, I bet if you ask Petey behind closed doors, who would you rather keep, Miller or Bo? He's going to say Bo. And you, and you can tell that yeah. would have been his answer from the All-Star game and how they kind of acted around each other. Yeah, that was sad to watch. It was it was it was a sad scene, and well, it was happy, sad, happy, sad. But yeah, no, exactly, because it's like what what can we do about it? And it, it was the right move. It's the right thing that happened. I don't want to. I don't. And I don't. I don't want to get into all that. <laughs> we got into it last episode. Yeah. Um, did you have anything else that you wanted to bring up from that interview? Or 
Um, just him saying like he's a teammate that I respect. It's just a weird. It sounds dodgy, and it sounds like because why wouldn't you just be like, oh, like yeah, I I love Miller. JT is one of my good friends on the team. It's though he wanted to bounce like bounce around it and say he just said yeah he's a teammate that I respect. It's the it's, thing about teammates though is like you don't have like I exactly, understand yeah. this being around the game for well I haven't been around it for like forever but I played hockey for as I mentioned in my intro like coming up on 15 years here you don't have to love your teammates you don't have to be like yeah this guy's my best friend yep like you just have to not hate them and you have to be able to work together and respect each other so if that's what Pedersen and Miller have at the worst then I am 100% okay with that. And yeah, that's a, that's about all I was going with. That's about where I was going with that. But did it sound like you wanted? To, like, to... What's that? You just you don't have to love your teammates. You don't have to be best friends all the time. It is nice, and I'm sure there are players that Patterson is best friends with, but you don't have to be best friends with every teammate. But like from this interview, because he really does get into the fact that because Elliot asked him, "Do you like Vancouver and do you want to stay?" essentially does it yeah, sound like he wants to say to you because if you look at how everything's going right now all of his friends are getting traded like Bo just got traded Besser's on the block um I mean Hog Hughes on the block Hog, no but like does Hughes even want to <laughs> stay Hoglander's getting sent down know. to the to Abbotsford same as Pod um it seemed like Demko's name's been out there a lot as well I don't know I don't know yeah. it, like I'm sure he wants to stay because I feel like because he he wants to win, and I feel like if winning anywhere, I feel like it feels better to win here than it is anywhere else. Because I feel like if he went to let's say Carolina and won a cup there, you're kind of already joining a good team, and Carolina's already had I think one cup. If you back in the two thousands, yeah, but if you want to win. And you want, and you want the celebration. And you want to be the guy. I feel like it's Vancouver because no one's done it yet. Correct. And I, I think it'd be a good, uh, good follow up to the Sedins. Yeah. Um, they, they never got it done, but I think Pedersen is the guy here. I think, I ultimately, I do think he wants to stay. I think he likes it enough here in the city that. As long as we show some sort of direction as a team, uh, this off season or like next year, I I think he'll want to stay. He likes the city enough. He likes the atmosphere enough that I think he does stay. So uh, I don't know. What are your thoughts on it? I mean, it just depends on what the the bag looks like that gets put in front of him, right? That's I also ultimate, true. I ultimately think he's gonna get over ten and a half, just with how the cap and everything's going. I wouldn't be surprised if they throw eleven over eight over onto him. I like. Would I be happy with that? Yeah, it's a lot, and I'd rather, I'd rather my my favorite play, or like my the players that play for my favorite team take team friendlies. But no one has to do that. So, I I ultimately think he's gonna get an eleven. And yeah, you have to consider the cap going up too. So he's gonna get paid like a top end elite player that he is, Which he and deserves. that he. He deserves. He's going to... I think he's going to get even better. He talked about in that same interview how uh, 
Boudreaux instilled a little bit of confidence in him, and he's been playing well under Tockett now as well. So I, I think Pedersen only gets better, or at least I, I think at the worst he stays at like this season's pace. I don't think he regresses like he has in the past. Uh, he's kind of hit that 23, 24 age now, where it's like you don't really you don't have uh, roller coaster seasons anymore. You're kind of consistent more consistent with it and i think this is the consistent patterson we're gonna see and that type of player gets paid 10 to 11 million dollars so if we have to pay him 11 million dollars to stick around like you said i'm not super unhappy with it yeah and kind of just moving on we kind of touched on it a little bit in this conversation do you think Besser garland demko get dealt this year tough one uh i think from the rumors that i've heard and obviously vancouver media it's 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 a lot and there's gonna be tons of rumors but i think uh i think besser's the most likely to get traded i don't think garland gets traded um i think garland's like the least likely out of those three i think in out of those three in order i think it's besser's most likely Demko in the middle, and then Garland. I don't think Garland gets traded. Um, and I honestly don't think Demko will either, as much as we get a, a haul for him. We just, like, we don't have another goalie in the system other than Arthur Silovs. If we're, uh, if we are going to retool, then is he is he going to be ready in two, three years? I don't think so. So, Demko's your goalie for this uh, retool. Kind of say that in quotation marks because I have no idea if it's a retool or a rebuild. Yeah, cause... they haven't. They keep telling us retool, but it's looking like a rebuild right now. Yep, and I'm fine with that. But uh, I think Besser's the most likely to get traded, just because there's been interest in him, and I don't think it'll be for anywhere near the value that we could have gotten a couple years ago. But yeah, honestly, I'm happy. I'm happy trading him as long as we don't have to give up value. If we get like a fourth or a third. Or at best case scenario, I think a second for Besser. I'll take it. I ultimately think we're just gonna it's gonna be a like a one year contract that comes our way with a pick. I think that's the only way to do it because this contract is a little too big for teams to take on. And I feel like if I feel like it would have already happened if money wasn't an issue. Um but ultimately like, and going on to like moving on to Demco, I don't understand why we would trade him if it's a retool like if 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 you are stuck on actually it being a retool then Dem- like there's no there there should be no thinking of demko being traded there's sh- there's, there's no way especially on a, exactly. on a on a team friendly 5 million like i think it's, i think it's only two more years right that his contract is like after the season i believe so yes yeah i think it's two could be three but 5 million is gr- is a great contract for demko so Unless it's like a huge, like unless the offer is like unreal and we're getting a goalie prospect in in the return or something, then I don't want to do it because then we're not going to have a goalie because I'm not I'm not running Spencer Martin in that in that anymore. No, definitely not. He has even he can't beat Colin Delia for the starting position. And so. it's also like if we're <laughs> if if we're wanting to do this Demko trade, why did we trade Michael DiPietro? I don't think Michael DiPietro is going to become an NHL caliber goaltender. No, I don't either. And obviously, since we traded so him, Ian, Ian Clark must have had different feelings about him. But like, it's still it's still another goalie in our system. 
Yeah, I haven't had the pleasure to watch Arthur C. Love's in person yet. I'm actually going to the Abbotsford Canucks game tomorrow. Oh, so hell yeah. I, I, I hope he's starting, and I hope I get to see him. So maybe I'll get my thoughts on him next episode. Yeah, and but maybe, from maybe his get stats, some Atu Ratu as well. Atu Ratu, yes. I'm, I'll be watching those guys closely, and Hoaglander, of course. I was a little bit sad that Pod Colson got called up like a week before um, I was going to go to the game, but he's doing well in the NHL. That's another conversation. But I, I think Ian Clark really likes Arthur Silovs. I'm going to go watch him Friday. His stats have been good. Uh, Ian Clark seems to like him, but I, I do think he's still a couple years away, like at least three. All right, and then moving on to another Canucks topic. Uh, during the New Jersey Dell, I think... I think it was during the game. It was like in the intermission. It could have been after. But the Sportsnet panel put up a, a mock trade on their on their screen. And it was obviously surrounded around Quinn Hughes. So going to New Jersey was Quinn Hughes. And coming back to the Canucks was Dawson Mercer, Simone Nemich, and a conditional first-round pick. Personally, I don't like this trade. I'll get into that. Enough. I'll, yeah, and I'll, I'll let you kind of take the reins on this one. I'll give my opinion after. Oh, you go ahead first. I feel like I've gone first uh, other times. Okay. I, in my opinion, if you were trading Quinn Hughes to New Jersey, I want such an overpay. Like, it's crazy. Because I'm not... I, like, let's say <laughs> Isaac Ming is the GM in the scenario. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not giving New Jersey the third brother. Because that is such a... Nope. Like, especially because they're all unreal talents and Quinn Hughes is who he is the marketing you can have on that I don't like what team has had three because we, I don't want to call Luke an elite talent just yet just because we haven't seen him but potentially because he did go what was it top five he went fourth I think yep he's he's an elite level prospect what what team has had three brothers this good on their and then that, that'll be on their team for years I, I, this, this, I, I like the Sedins. Teams, I think. Yeah, like the Sedins and that's Sedins two of them. were two though. Exactly. Stall the Stall brothers. Yeah, ever... but I don't. I think all. I think Mark, Eric, and Jordan were on the same team in Carolina for a little bit. I could be wrong. I know Eric and Jordan were there. But I don't know about Mark, but they're all yeah, old. At, le- at least two. They're all old though. Yeah. So if you're if if we're giving New Jersey Quinn, I want. I want Nico Heischer and I want Simon Emmett. And, <laughs> I, and, yeah. and, I, and I know that's a laughable trade. Like New Jersey fans or any other fan that's listening, they're, you're going to laugh at me. But that's, that's what's going to take to get Quinn Hughes out of, the, out of Vancouver. I, I, I agree with you on the overpay part. However, I, a center would be nice in return. I don't think they give up Heischer or Hughes in any no, scenario. Maybe. I'm fine getting two defenseman like if we get i've heard the canucks like severson if we get severson nemex and a not a conditional first like well i don't know what the condition was but it cannot be a conditional first for hughes like it has to be unprotected like if if they're bad that's their fault <laughs> they're get the like like you said it has to be an overpay for quinn hughes so i'm fine we would we would need two defensemen back though in my opinion or so- at least uh, at least two defensive prospects like Nemex and another one of their defensive prospects, like Marino or something. But like even Marino, yeah, even then I don't think that's enough because like uh, the trade by itself, Mercer Nemec in a first, 
that's that's fine for Quinn Hughes. I think that's totally fine. I think you have to add Severson or Marino onto that, and then I'd accept it. I think. Even even then, I don't even like. They, I still well, think New Jersey wins. I still like even as that big of a package. I still think New Jersey gets the better, the best player possible, and the and the too- marketing and the marketing capability of of having three of the okay. brothers. That's I that's just keep it right going there. Back that's that. for New Jersey. I think that, that's New Jersey side of it. Yeah, because yeah, I just don't want to give them new like Quinn Hughes for 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 not free, but like I don't know. I'm not gonna let him. We're not letting him go easy. Exactly. Like to any other team, yeah, I'll take a fair trade for Quinn Hughes. But if it's New Jersey, I, I want I want all the Hughes on the Canucks. I want all three of them. I know, right? So I don't why, I don't want to let him go that easy. Why couldn't the Canucks leap a bunch of bunch of uh, draft spots to get Jack Hughes? Didn't the Devils exactly. like jump yeah. like eight spots to get him? That's it's brutal. Some stupid man. But um, the Rangers and Devils and the Oilers, man, such lottery luck. But even if it's like Dawson Mercer, I don't want Mercer. I'd rather have Holtz, or give At me Holtz, like yeah. I'd rather or give me like Brat. I don't know. Like Mercer's a center though. Like, do you want another yeah. winger? Holtz is a winger. Yeah. Brat's a winger. I'd almost rather have Mercer just because he's a center. Yeah, I I can I can see that. I don't know. I'm just kind of spitballing. Yeah. It's just I don't think that's I don't think it's big enough. <laughs> I agree with you though. There. So uh, let's get into All Star though, the All Star weekend, because that was a huge, huge discussion over the week in uh, on the Twitter, on the Twitter. Yeah. What are you, I'm gonna let you kind of take this one. Did you think it was a sh- okay. as much of a crap show as everyone else thought? Um, the skills was I think I think the skills were rightfully uh, made fun of a lot. And I don't think the skills was very good. I actually love the three-on-three. I think it's entertaining enough. Um, there's not really much more you can do to make it better. I thought there was a decent amount of players trying pretty hard, which is nice to see. Like, Dylan Larkin was going pretty hard. I saw him check Shesterkin when Shesterkin was trying to shoot the puck, which is kind of a kind of a try-hard move. But you complain when the players try hard, and you complain when they don't try hard enough, and it's like... Whatever. I, I just want to see some fun hockey. I didn't watch... Uh, I only watched the Pacific game, actually, just because I wanted to see Bo and PD play together. But it was, an, it was an interesting enough game. I like the three-on-three format. I like that players get to play with different different teams. I one found thing that... I do... Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry. You... Oh, yeah. Actually, I'll finish. Um, one thing I do want to see for the skills, though, is I, I think this would be cool is to have two captains again and go back to the draft format. I think players and fans would be in- interested to see that. Yep. Um, go back to a draft format where you have four captains, one from each division, and they draft their team for the skills competition. Not for the all-star three-on-three game. For the three-on-three game, you play in your divisions, Pacific, Central, Metropolitan, and Atlantic. Um, but for the skills competition you have four captains and they draft their skill skills competition teams like are you saying they have that they could pick from everyone that's an all-star yeah they could pick whoever they want so like they're not necessarily picking the best player right so if if you're picking your team let's say mckinn is the central division captain and the 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 
you know what the categories are for the all-stars you want to pick like one guy that you think is going to be a hardest shot one guy that you think can be the best at accuracy and if you don't pick like strategically you end up with like one uh like no players that can compete in the hardest shot for example so i think you i think going towards a draft for the all-star skills would be good and then leave them in their divisions for the the game the three-on-three game yeah i I like that i just touching on the the weekend in general i i also do like the three-on-three i think it's it's done pretty well i think most of the complaints were that the players don't really seem like they want to be there and they all aren't really trying very hard which i don't i don't blame them trying hard in an all-star game but you also want to see them uh want to be there or act like it at least on the skills part i thought it was abysmal i thought the whole yeah. the whole event was was brutal i hate the i hate the stupid like on the beach shooting the pucks at boards in the dunk tank i i was surprised seeing crosby get in the dunk tank <laughs> that was the one thing i was kind of like oh that's kind of funny but yeah. i i think the the i don't even know what you call them I think those things are stupid. Just keep them on the ice. Keep them in the arena. Let's let's have all the events actually happen from start to finish instead of going to another event at the very end or going or going to the same event in the finals at the end of the. You know what I mean? Because they're doing they're doing top or they're doing all the targets and then the people that would advance they did that like an hour later and like the event they would continue it. I think just yeah. do do it all in one little little short thing there. I but, agree. Like, don't jump back and forth between yeah. events. Like, just finish your fastest skater, finish your hardest shot. And I think they need to go back to the original shootout, uh, shootout competition, where it's just yeah. I, I, I hate, don't mind I hate the creativity, but like dressing up even trying and all that. No, it's all dumb. Yeah, for one player, it's fine. Subban did it, and it was funny. And then I mean, it's different it's when like up. it's different when you're actually going out there and doing a cool move, or like he he dressed up as Yager, and that was kind of funny. But these yeah, guys, that was funny. Marner did like Miami Vice and did a whole like the lights turned down, and he did this whole entrance and then flicked the shot at his chest. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I I don't know. And like I guess you can say like Kane dressed up as Superman and Ovechkin did the yeah, but like I don't know. It wasn't like they weren't trying hard or trying too hard to look dress up and all that i guess i don't know and they were still trying to score exactly yeah like they they did cool moves and then they all went in so uh, if you want to be if you want to be creative then i don't know i don't think they're trying too hard they're going they're just pulling random things out their ass i feel like it's a tough part from the fans perspective because we know we have zero say and i actually there's also there's no fans in the building like there were empty so many empty seats and it's just like watching it on tv is so discouraging personally i actually like the the all-star game i've always kind of enjoyed just like watching all the players like be you see seeing players that don't usually play together i i find that kind of cool but i don't like how i don't like the fan vote I don't like how every single team needs to have an all-star. And I'm sure a lot of people share the same opinion as me. I think the best players in the league should be an all-star. I don't care. I don't care if you want Clayton Keller to be there because you need an Arizona Coyote to be there. Though Keller is having a pretty good season, 
I just think a lot of players got snubbed for the seasons that they're having. I completely agree with that. And it I'm not sure if it's like the NBA or NFL where it like goes on your record and you can negotiate I can kind of use it and negotiate contracts, be like, hey, I was selected to eight all stars. Like And that's the thing, it's why it's am I not, not getting more money? I, I think I think it is though. I think uh, like on your well, it's not Pro it's hockey n- page or whatever. It shows up like, oh, eight all star appearances. Like, but it's it's not a, the it's not as like special. It's not as prestigious. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Like the, like you see at the end of each career, it's like, oh, LeBron was an eight time first first team all star or whatever, right? You don't see you don't see that in hockey because these guys don't. I don't know. Maybe it's just not marketed like that, but they just don't care that much. I yeah. also think I also think the whole format of everything could be done better. Like like you said. Um, you think that there should be a draft, and I totally agree. Like, let's switch it up and make it a little bit more um interesting, at least. I was also on Twitter this weekend, and I saw Max Lapierre, a former Vancouver Canuck. Uh, he made a tweet, and it was in French. I had to translate it, but his his pitch for a new format for the All Star Game is. I'm going to read his tweet here. My suggestion for the All-Star game would be to have a three-on-three tournament, which is kind of happening right now, between the top three players from all teams. So imagine Latang, Crosby, and Malkin going up against Makar, Rantanen, and McKinnon. It's an idea, he says, an idea to improve, of course. But I, I kind of like that opinion, like that, that take on it. Like for like two minutes, and then you, you move on to the next round. Whoever wins plays I, I the guess winner so. I, of, let's oh. say, Hughes, Hamilton, and... He sure. Um. Yeah. Pretty much. I. I. Obviously, there's a little bit more to improve on, like he said. But three each three players from each team, you could probably like. I don't know. You could find three players on each team that are, that are all stars. Yeah, and I don't mind that. You just have to make the games like pretty short. Yeah. Like, but then, and then there's like, like incentives two or to three win. minute games. But then does each team send a goalie? It, it does get a bit hard. I don't think they'll ever do that. It would be kind of cool. But, like, does... So then just every team's starting goalie automatically makes the all-star? Like... Yeah, I don't know. Does that work? I don't know. I, I like it, the... I think it's a good theoretical idea. A, I don't yeah, think exactly. it'll ever happen, unfortunately. No. Um. Alright, so moving on from all-star, we kind of got in... Took a little long on that one. I just want to quickly touch on this. We'll we'll move on to football right after this. It's gonna be a little bit of a longer show. Um, J- Jake, talk about though. Yeah, Jake Vertanen. Uh, he's playing in Switzerland right now in their second division, and he's pretty much getting booted off his team. <laughs> uh, to, just to kind of get into it a little bit more. I'll kind of read off of what Daily Faceoff has here. Uh, it's written by Stephen Ellis. I guess one of the players, or him and one of the players, got into an altercation on the bench. And after the game, in translation, one of the players went up to management and said, um, it's either him or us. And when you hear that, again, <laughs> about Jake Rutanen, like, are you surprised? Not surprised at all. Um, and that's, this is, we're talking about like the second division in the Swiss league that players don't want to play with him. So it's not like he's lighting it up there. He's, he's got 
I mean, he's having he's a good, slightly good over. He's slightly over a point per game, but, but it's obviously division. like, yeah, but it's not enough that players are like, all right, it's worth keeping this guy around because he's a good enough player. He's obviously not worth keeping around. His teammates don't want to play with him. Um, it's just, it feels like nothing has changed. I mean, he's still that cocky, cocky guy he was here. So, like in one of the I don't main have quotes much to say on it. One of the main but. quotes coming out of it too is one of the players said in, in in quotations for him it's the name on the back of the jersey has more value than the front of the jersey. And I could have told you it was the same thing here in Vancouver. It was all it was yeah pretty much all about him. All about him. But, uh, that was his downfall cuz he was he wasn't like awful as a player. Like no. I don't think he was ever going to be amazing like it was a reach to take him, but it was ultimately his. He he was his own worst enemy. Oh, for sure. So, but I don't really want to get too too much into Jake. Uh, I feel yeah, like we we've, we've talked about him enough over the years, and pretty crappy person. So I don't think he deserves too much time. Nope. But um, I think we're gonna take a little bit of a break. We'll come back at at, at a for our second half and just do. Pretty much all Super Bowl talk. We'll just get into all that. It'll be a little bit of a longer show. We like to keep it under an hour, but we're just heading over an hour. So uh, we'll be right back. And Yeah, we'll, we'll try to keep the Super Bowl under, under 15 minutes, but we do have a lot to say about it. All right, guys, we're back after our short hiatus. Um, this last portion of the episode here, we're just going to focus on the Super Bowl. Obviously, that's coming up this Sunday. Um, we were going to talk about it. We, we were going to discuss the conference championships and the divisional rounds and the rest of the playoffs. But like Isaac mentioned, we're a li- just a little bit over an hour here, so we're going to try to keep it a little bit shorter. I'm sure we will touch on the rest of the playoffs and the NFL in the off season more. So today we're just going to focus on the Super Bowl. Uh, this Sunday, we've got the Kansas City Chiefs versus the Philadelphia Eagles. And my thoughts on the matchup initially. Before you get into that, Cam, before you get into that, can I ask the most important question? Can I ask the most important question? Go for it. Heads or tails? Tails. I'm always a tails guy. You're going tails? I'm going tails. All right, I'm going to take heads then. You want to put some money on this? You want to put 10 bucks down? I'll put 10 bucks down. (laughs) All right, I guess I'm I'm paying attention to that little part of the, the, the start of the Super Bowl then. Okay, next uh, <laughs> next time we see each other, we'll we'll uh, you'll be giving me ten bucks to give. You'll be giving. No, me I don't 10. think so. I don't think so. All right, you can go ahead. Okay. Anyways, um, Eagles versus Chiefs. I think this is one of the best matchups we've seen in a long time. One of the most fair matchups, statistically wise, going in at least. Uh, we've had some really close Super Bowls in the past. Obviously, last year's game was really close. came down to like the final drive where the Bengals didn't convert. Um, you saw the Bucks chiefs game a couple years ago. The Bucks kind of ran away with that one. Um, and then the Chiefs-49ers year before that. That was also a close game. But I think these two teams, it's such an interesting matchup to me because they're very different, but also similar. Yeah. So just looking at their points per game, it's funny. They both rank number one. And that is only possible because they actually averaged the same amount of points per game the whole season. The Chiefs oh, wow. averaged 28.7 points per game. 
and the Eagles also averaged 28.7 points per game, tied for number one in the league. So basically you've got the two best offenses going against each other. Um, but this is where the similarities kind of end. So they're very two different kinds of offenses. Uh, the Eagles are a run-first offense. Um, I've got the stats up here. They run the play. They run the ball more than 50% of the time. They run the ball 50.04% of the time, which is good for uh, fourth best in the league, or fourth most in the league. And they only throw the ball. I guess that means they only throw the ball 49.96% of the time, under 50% in a league which is primarily pass-heavy, which is crazy. And they're still putting up. Like I said, the most amount of points per game, and they're number three in yards per game at 384. So the Eagles are a very run-heavy team, um, and why wouldn't you be with Jalen Hurts and Miles Sanders Miles and Sanders, uh, yeah. the backs they have back there? I think Kenneth Gainwell and Boston Scott are also serviceable running backs. Um, looking at the Kansas City Chiefs, on the other hand, uh, they are, they are a pass-first offense. So they are, uh, they're they're good for the number one. They're number one in yards per game at 407.9 yards per game, and they pass the ball 62% of the time, and they run the ball 38% of the time. So kind of the opposite. Like they're they're 25th in rush play percentage, and they're they're eighth overall in pass play percentage. So they are definitely a pass heavy offense and. Again, looking at the the players they have, why wouldn't you be with Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey? You've got the best tight end, the best quarterback. Why wouldn't you throw the ball 40 times a game like they do? So it's definitely an interesting matchup. And I, I think both offenses are going to be... Stick, they're going to stick to their guns. The Eagles are going to run the ball a lot. The Chiefs are going to pass the ball a lot. So I think really it's going to come down to the defense. Um, and we'll get into the stats in a little bit, but first I'm just going to give my opinion on that without looking at the stats. Um, I think at face value, the Eagles, or at just at like first glance, the Eagles have a better defense. They've got great corners. They've got Darius Slay, James Bradbury as their cornerbacks. They've got Chauncey Gardner-Johnson back there as a safety. and Obviously, their front seven is unreal. They've got Fletcher Cox at the nose tackle, Javon Hargrave, uh, Brandon Graham as a defensive end, and Hassan Reddick coming off the edge, um, who's got who's had a ridiculous playoffs and season so far. Um, I believe I saw a stat from PFF the other day that he's the only player, other than Miles Garrett, to have 10-plus sacks in the last three years. So... They have an unreal front seven and a great secondary. Their only weakness, I would say, is their their free safety, which is Reed Blankenship. He's not the best, but like realistically with those corners, your free safety isn't leaned on as much, which is the case for the Eagles. Um, looking at the Chiefs defense, the Chiefs defense, um, just looking at it, isn't as good, in my opinion, but it's severely underrated. I think the Chiefs, just because Patrick Mahomes and their offense is so good, their defense is severely underrated. They've got guys like Chris Jones and Frank Clark on the D-line 
who've been wreaking havoc all playoffs, especially Chris Jones. He's had an unbelievable playoffs. Um, their linebackers, Willie Gay and Nick Bolton, are both great off-ball linebackers. Um, they racked up tackles this year. And they've got an underrated secondary as well. They've got uh, Trent McDuffie and Legarius Sneed as their corners, and Justin Reed and Juan Thornhill as their safeties. So a pretty young secondary, but uh, honestly, I think it's a great secondary. Like, it's a probably top five in the league, in my opinion, and that's a, that's a bit of a out-there take. But uh, let's look at the stats to, to see if we can back that up. So yeah, the Kansas City, looking at their, their secondary, they were thrown against the most in the league. And that be, can be accredited to the whole team, probably, just because they were up. Um, they were up in the game a lot, so teams are going to pass more against them. However, even with that being said, and the amount that teams passed against them, they had the number six uh, pass here. They number six pass defense in terms of yards per play and uh, just yards per play. Actually, <laughs> they they gave up quite a bit of uh, pass yards per game. Uh, they gave up 221 pass yards per game, which is not great. It's in the bottom 10 of the league. But when you're when you're thrown against uh, 63% of the time, that's going to happen. Um, and then looking at the Eagles, um, the Eagles probably have a similar uh, similar passing defense because they were up so much. So yeah, so their their opponents threw the ball 58% of the time against them, which is good for. 21st in the league however they held their opponents to only 5.4 yards per pass and 171 yards per game which is unbelievable so the eagles defense is legit um like i said they've got slay and bradbury back there locking it down so the statistics and just uh looking at the players that they have the matchup favors the eagles um, so that's that's what the matchup looks like. What do you think, Isaac? Oh, it's my turn. <laughs> what what was the question it. there? What was the question? <laughs> I was just saying the matchup favors the Eagles in almost every way except for passing offense. Um, what do you think about the game? Who's gonna win? I haven't given my take on it yet, but I will. Not listen, just like away from all the stats and all that. I personally have the Eagles. I think their offense is... I think they have more weapons. Um, I think their run game's a little bit better. But uh, the thing is, you just don't... It's the same thing as like you've been saying about Tom Brady for the last couple of years. You don't, you don't bet against Tom Brady. And I feel like, I feel like Mahomes is starting to get to this point. Um, were they both in... Uh, well, I know Pat's injured, or was. He had that, that foot He's thing. He's fully healthy. Is he fully healthy now? And then he's Jaylen, fully healthy going in. I know Jalen Hurts was injured in Week 15. Is he kind of still probably feeling something? I believe he's also fully healthy. He yeah. came back and it was a shoulder injury for him, so okay. he's he's been throwing the ball fine recently. So yeah, I don't know. I I ultimately have the Eagles, but I don't want to. I don't want to bet against Kelsey and Mahomes. So you can kind of take that however so, however you want. <laughs> Which one is it then? You, you, you think the Eagles are going to win? I think I'm going to take the Eagles. 
Okay, I am going to oppose you on this one. Yeah. I am on Team Mahomes. I think he's an unreal generational talent, and I don't think he loses two Super Bowls in a row. He won his first appearance against the 49ers, lost to Tom Brady two years ago. I don't think he loses again this year. And yes, you could make the argument for weapons. I think AJ Brown and um AJ Brown and the Eagles receivers, Devontae Smith, um Dallas Goddard. Yeah, they have better weapons. I, I agree with you on that one. However, I think the Chiefs just get it done. Kelsey's obviously a better tight end than yeah. Goddard. And Juju's healthy. Tony's healthy. They've got Marquez Valdez-Scantling, who had a good game against the Bengals there. So I think regardless of A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith, the the Chiefs get it done. And it's it's going to be a close game, though. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game, unlike what other people think. So let I me... think lots of people, lots of people have it as a low-scoring game, but I think it's gonna. I think it's gonna be pretty high-scoring. I think it's gonna be high-scoring. I think both teams are gonna score a minimum of two touchdowns and a couple field goals, which is at least twenty points per team. There. Let, let me throw this question at you. Okay. Let's say Kansas loses because this is gonna be their third Super Bowl in four years that they've yes. been to. Yes. What's the what's the story and narrative around Mahomes? Because he needs to get this done. Because we it's we keep throwing these generational and and all these like names going at him, right? And the best quarterback in the league, but he's only he's only won one Super Bowl. Only one. He's been in the league for. I yeah, think he's been no, in the league for I five years, starting. Yeah, and I get it. And he and he keeps getting there. He keeps getting real close. But real close isn't isn't winning. Okay, hypothetically, if they lose this game. Mahomes has been a starter for five years. He has been to the AFC Championship five out of those five years. The Super Bowl, three out of those five years. If he loses, yes, it's only one Super Bowl in five years. But that's still an unreal pace. Like, if you think about it, the chances, if he's... Yeah, the record wouldn't look that good in the Super Bowl one and two. But... I think the Eagles are a better team than the Chiefs. And uh, I think the Bucks had a better team than the Chiefs when they beat them a couple years ago. So I, I can't necessarily dog on Mahomes for, for not winning. Um, however, I do think then it would be time to, to change their system a little bit, maybe incorporate the run a little bit more. Um, they've got Isaiah Pacheco, who's a, a nice rookie running back, in my opinion. He's not like amazing, but he's he's definitely serviceable. So, I think I think if you lose this game, you have to change your game plan a little bit going forwards and incorporate the run a little bit. So, I, I don't think it necessarily tarnishes Mahomes' legacy, if you can already call it that. Only yeah, five it's only only five or five years in. So. It, it it really depends what he does after this year as well. But you're right. This is a big Super Bowl for him and his uh, legacy, I guess. And that's not um, me trying to that, dog on Mahomes, but I just want to throw the well, question out there. 100%. It's a valid question, too, because 
one and two is not a great record in the Super Bowl, and his stats haven't been that great in the Super Bowl either. I don't have them them in front of me, but I, I don't believe they're very good. I don't believe he's thrown a touchdown in the Super Bowl yet, actually. Uh, I believe he's got two interceptions and zero touchdowns or something like that in two games, two Super Bowls. So he hasn't exactly played amazing. Um, but yeah, we'll see. I believe the Chiefs come out on top on this one, and Mahomes ultimately is two and one instead of one and two. But we will see. So as I here, mentioned I'm, earlier, I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, throw one more. I'm gonna throw one more in there. Go for it. Go for it. This is Jalen Hurts' first Super Bowl. True. If he wins in his first Super Bowl against the Chiefs, against Mahomes, arguably the generational talent, the best quarterback in the league, the best team yeah. in the league. What does this what does this do for him? Does that does it bump him up? Is he a top five QB? I think he's already a top five QB. I've had the see like I do too, but I've had this conversation with guys at work and it's kind of a controversial topic. I don't they all don't think he's top five. But I, I understand he, you, it, that he plays for a great team and that's yeah. why he's able to win. Still have to get the job done as quarterback though, and I think he his legs are good enough. And if he's not top five, he's top seven. Well, so, the thing is, it's like even when even when he got hurt, Gardner Minshew went and and they, they lost. They lost. Didn't they lose both games? Yeah. yeah one so. was against the Cowboys, and one was against the Saints. My Saints. I'm a New Orleans Saints fan, by the way. Just yeah, throwing that out there. Um. So the Saints beat them in their last game. But, anyways. Yeah. I mean, like the Saints are that good, though. That's the thing. No, we suck. We <laughs> suck this year. Um. But yeah, I think. Hertz has already established himself as a top five, top seven QB this year. Obviously, a lot of it's going to depend on what he does next year. Like, you need to be consistent in this league to be labeled as a top end QB. So, a lot of it is going to depend what he does next year. But, especially just just based off this year, he's a top five QB. So, and I think if he beats Mahomes, then he's undoubtedly in that conversation. And especially yeah, if he plays well. So. All right. Yeah. I um, mean, if that's so if that's all the questions you have, then that's about all I have to say about the Super Bowl. Yeah, I think that's. Um, I think it's pretty good. So I have yeah, heads, the, you have tails. I have the Eagles, you have the Chiefs. Yeah, that's going to be an interesting game for sure. Yeah. And the the public has the Eagles too, so we'll see. Oh, do they? Yeah, and the okay. the the, the fa- Eagles are the favorites. Okay, I it's because they they match up well against the Chiefs. I thought the Chiefs were the favorites. I no, the Eagles even... are the favorites. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, that just about wraps up this show. We've covered about everything. I know it was a little bit of a long one, but yeah, I think we got to everything we wanted to get to. It's been a hectic week too. It's it yeah. was the NHL trade deadline. We're not quite, but. There's been some NHL trades and signings, um, NBA trade trade deadline, and obviously the week before the Super Bowl. So we had a lot to talk about. Um, I do not believe future episodes will be this long. So I apologize for the long. I don't don't think we'll have so many topics and bouncing around to different different sports and all that kind of stuff. But I had a fun time. I had a fun time too, and I hope you guys enjoyed listening as well. So yeah, I think that just about wraps it up for this show. Thank you for listening, guys, and remember to stay on side.